Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Jessica, I'm so frightened. They just played the You're Gonna Die song on the speakers, and I am terrified. As you should be. It's not even remotely close to Halloween, but we are covering a super spooky episode of Boy Meets World. Um, and then there was Sean, season five, episode 17, an iconic episode of Boy Meets World, a lot of people's favorite episode of Boy Meets World ever. Um, and of course, for such an iconic episode, we could not be alone. Um, wait, what is that squeaking noise? Is that, wait, is that Mike Bloom rolling a trash bin outside of our podcast studio? Hi, Mike Bloom. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, <laughs> Jessica, Sarah. This is how I speak now. I was going to say, when you're me, every day is Halloween. So it's no matter what, it's a perfect occasion because my face looks like a mask. Is it? Was it just like the, the center part that like made that janitor extra creepy? I feel like with a side part, he wouldn't have looked as weird. But to that point, does that then make Eric Matthews and Sean also creepy as oh, well? Oh, right. Yeah, they the have different parts as well. Is the middle part a creepy haircut? I think Let's it's discuss. the eyes. The eyes were very hollowed of this gentleman. And they pasted him. They like, they like, his face was so. Yeah, white they put, they and... covered his nips in so many pasties. <laughs> <laughs> he was pasty to the gods. He, so it was like, if there was going to be a wardrobe malfunction, they predicted <laughs> the Super Bowl would happen. <laughs> he was safe. I, I, uh, I was so. I found this in uh interview where they had they 
did commentary on this episode essentially and they Mm -hmm. said on the interview that they saw the producers saw this guy and was like yeah we don't need to see anybody else this is our guy (gasps) because he's so creepy because he's so creepy looking that's like but that's part of the issue of of working in the biz right yeah like everyone has a look everyone has a type and I mean, you can find success, but it's coming into like steering into a lot of stereotypes, yeah. right? Of like Steve Buscemi made a career for a good amount of time of like, God, this guy's a bug eyed freak. Hey, let's bring him <laughs> in to do all these weird roles. And he's able to make millions of dollars out of it to make him sleep at night. Yeah. And I don't even think that Steve Buscemi minds being a bug eyed. If they got me that Dude, much money, call me bug eyed all you want. Yeah. Like, Dude, I will be care? taking those checks to the bank. Thank you very much. Yeah. I don't even see this guy listed in the IMDb unless <gasps> he is the guy that's named Dinosaur. Uh, and it's <laughs> a guy. I don't know. Okay. I, hmm. James Madison and his character name is Dinosaur. Do we know? Okay, a man? well, There's all no these other... are made. No, James Madison is the name of a president. No, a Jason. Dinosaur. Okay. <laughs> Jason Madison. James. Okay. Fake names. Okay. And it's a he was uncredited, and his character name was Dinosaur. Is this is this Jander Jander Dinosaur? Oh my gosh, what is happening? Why would his name be? I mean, listen. I guess spoiler for the episode. We know who's behind this dream. Mm-hmm, Did right. they run out of creative runway that they're like, and eh, the janitor's name is Dinosaur. I have that's uncreative. I feel like it's less creative to be like his name is Dan or Steve, yeah. not Dinosaur. <laughs> well, no, I guess it's creative in a different mindset, right? Like if you asked a, a five-year-old, like, hey, yeah. come up with a name for this character, they'd be like, Oh, it's Dinosaur Spaceman. And so that's more so what I'm thinking about. Yeah. 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 All right, Jan. Okay, Jander Bud is old news. Jander Dinosaur is the only person. He's the new hotness. Yeah, (laughs) amazing. Well, Mike, tell us. So you you wanted to cover this episode. Tell us your history with Boy Meets World because I don't think we've ever had you on to talk Boy Meets World. So we need to hear your your past with it, your experiences with it. Yeah, I've dipped my toes into the shit waters once, uh, and it was (laughs) to talk about the Hanukkah episode of Rugrats. So, yeah, I've never talked BMW with uh, the two behind it. So, yeah, this went from, what, like, 93 to 2000. So I'm not a day one or I would actually say I probably hopped on maybe around, like, season three or something, right? Mm-hmm. I was born in 89, so, like, that was airing around when I was, like, six years old and felt like, okay, I want to check out, quote-unquote, older sitcoms outside of, like, the Nickelodeon Disney Cartoon Network of uh, but I'm like, I don't want to go into such illicit, you know, sexually explicit territory. <laughs> ABC, that's where it's at. And so that's when I really got into TGIF. Uh, Full House is like my bread and butter, but I would say Boy Meets World is sort of like, I don't know, like the second type of bread that you have out there of like, well, we're out of this bread. So I guess like we'll the one with all, all have- the like seeds in it. Yeah, it's like uh, we have right now. We have like white bread and we have rye bread. So Ugh. if we have, so if we have, I, it sucks because like it, rye, I don't bread think rye bread, rye bread doesn't make for great toast. Like I think it's good sandwich bread, but not yeah. good toast bread. Uh, but yeah. if I'm running low, I'm like oh, I'm still enjoying this. It's not a, a bread that I actively despise. Uh, so that being said, Boy Meets World is a show that I very much enjoyed, uh, and I started to hop on, you know, at an odd moment as well, right? Because we're in what season five, so they haven't graduated yet. We haven't gone like 
fully dumb Eric. Yeah, that he's not the quite first, there yet. Yeah, that was one of the first times that I like immediately started to like understand those concepts, even again at, at such a young age. So I would say I've been watching the show kind of like since then. Uh, and then near the end, when it got, to, to be honest, when it started getting like pretty serious with stuff and like, I was like, this is a bummer. I don't want to watch this. <laughs> I don't, why am I, why do I care about drugs and alcohol? I'm 10 years old. I don't, this is not what I frequent regularly. So I sort of dropped off near the end. Coincidentally, I just sort of coincided with uh, the college stuff. Mm -hmm. But luckily, like seasons three, four, five, that is is my favorite era of Boy Meets World, where it's like, I would say it's it's still smart writing. In this case of this episode, incredibly smart writing. The performances are not like incredibly stupid or or on the other hand, like really just broad brushing big name issues to like make it a very special episode of Boy Meets World every mm -hmm. week. And and then there was a show that was like a, a perfect example of an episode that I loved because it was like not serious whatsoever. It was a hundred percent stupid slapstick comedy. And even though I was someone who was and still is and probably will be averse to the horror genre, there were so many things that I really enjoyed about this that even I could understand like the pastiches with the send up of the whole craze that was happening at the time, right? Of Scream, I know what you did yeah. last summer, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I totally agree with you, Mike, because being a kid that also was not into horror or scary things, this was my version of that. This scared me as a child. I remember do like the jump scares getting me as a kid and being terrified of this creepy janitor. Wait, wait, wait. These are these are these jump scares? Yes, when they have the music that's like and there's like something like running around in the background. Your Listen. feet barely leave the ground. This is not a jump <laughs> whatsoever. As a child, it is. Yeah, another thing that they talked about in this interview, and just you could put it in our show notes, but they were saying that they had such a good time filming this episode and they were laughing the whole entire time. And writer Strong brought up, did you guys know that everybody who was watching this when they were younger was afraid of this episode? They actually, they oh. were surprised to think that kids thought it was scary. Yeah, I was one of those kids. I was and scared too. It was because it was like, it's all in the music, right? I think if you watched this episode, like any scary movie, if you watch this episode on you, you wouldn't be scared. Mm -hmm. But when they have like, and Angela screams a bunch. So I'm the Angela and I yeah. could never be a better character because Angela is the best. I think so. that there's just one moment that really got me going when I was a kid. And it was like, I was living in this world of like, fantasy and everything was fine and at the end they have like the moral of the story we'll get into it but the part that scared me the most was when it was all over the scream guy was still there at the end <laughs> and ran out and i was like oh no oh no it was real because yeah. i think i was like you know what this is fake this is fake it's just a dream and then the scream guy comes back at the end and my little like eight-year-old ten-year-old heart was like i can't handle this this was the scary part and i had to like that's when i shut my eyes and i was like i can't oh. look at this part too scary so, so the scariest part for you was the most nonsensical part of the episode <laughs> yeah it was the fact that like i was okay with living in a fantasy world up until it got real in 
the unreal within part. the made up show that's yes. not real. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was what really got me scared. I was like, no, like he's still there. I thought it was a dream. That is incredible. I mean, what I will say is I can maybe maybe again, I don't know about the jump scares. I would say what might perturb kids honestly might be like the quote unquote gore behind it like it yeah. was fairly surprising to me that on you know a prime time show we see someone with with a pencil embedded through the forehead oh so right? good and, like that feeny goes down with scissors in his back it's odd because like they start with the most gruesome and then they scale it back to like oh no they got crushed by books oh no they got pushed <laughs> off a, a ledge Ten books killed them yeah exactly <laughs> so it's odd that they went from like pretty hard pg-13 down to g uh but i i just found that that's probably the most arresting image to me was poor kenny with the pencil through the head yeah poor kenny let's get into it so we can talk about kenny who is just like the ultimate victim in this episode <laughs> he just doesn't even want to be involved and yet all he needed was a pencil all kenny needed was a pencil um so we start off in the classroom and sean walks in and Corey is sitting in his spot. And this is a big deal for Boy Meets World mm -hmm. fans. We've had five seasons where it's always Topanga sits in front and then Corey behind her and then Sean behind him. And so this is a big deal, Sarah, that Corey is sitting in Sean's spot because of Topanga and Corey's breakup. It is. You have to create some separation between you and the ex. I understand that. However, please, please do not sit in my spot. Oh, that's what I beg of you. I don't want you to sit in my spot. I am very particular about where I sit. So I can feel Sean's pain in all of this. Yeah, Mike, did you have a specific seat that you sat in throughout uh, your schooling? Well, it's tough, right? Because it really depends on the teacher. Like, I don't know about you all, but I know for me, at least in the beginning, it was a lot of assigned seating alphabetically by last yeah. name so that the teacher both knew who was absent and also like knew who you were. I feel like for me, it was much more of a free for all every day. Like I think sometimes I would settle into a seat uh, in high school specifically. It was almost always in the back just so I could like fart around and not again, not doing, I'm like, I'm a goofy, stupid teenager. Like I'm not, doing, I'm not doing, yeah, I'm not doing anything illicit. I'm just like, I don't know, yelling from the back, like fart. And then, then they won't know who it came from because the back, of course, is so enshrined in darkness that the teacher has no idea where that mysterious high-pitched voice came from. Uh, so I would say, like, I would usually pick an area, but if someone sat in my seat, I don't think I would be miffed. You know, it's not like the episode of Seinfeld or I think it's um, How I Met Your Mother where they, like, find people sitting in their booth and they, they get, yeah. you know, PO'd about it. I don't think I would necessarily... There are other battles to fight but i suppose if you uh considering how relationally based and relationship based this seating chart is on boy meets world i can understand how the slightest disruption to the status quo just throws things off completely yeah especially because the one who's upset is sean and he already doesn't like that they broke up right this means a lot to him to the health of topanga and Corey's relationship means a lot to sean and so of course this is impacting him but also just you know their relationship itself is impacting him so he's upset. Uh, meanwhile, Corey's trying to say, don't worry. Like, it's not a big deal. If I sat there, I could smell her hair. And so, I, you know, I, I can't I can't sit there. So Kenny innocently 
asks for a pencil and not just any pencil but specifically the chonkiest pencil ever this pencil is massive <laughs> yeah this is like a good i don't know i want to say like at least a nickel thick pencil yeah. which is like meaty i feel like that's the one that you loan to people so you know you get it back right because the yeah, you can't hide it <laughs> is that like you're they're never going to return it they're just going to run away with it at least in that case right that's why uh they tether pens to the desks at banks it's a lesson learned in these these hallways of john adams high but i don't know if i would want to write with that thing it feels like it'd be awkward to hold it definitely does. I think that everybody should just bring their own pencil. I, I mean, don't, obviously, I don't, I don't subscribe well, yeah, to sharing pencils. What, what utopia pens. are you living in in this Staples <laughs> sponsored universe? <laughs> I think that everybody should go to Staples before school starts and get their own pens and pencils. Well, because Sarah, you have very specific writing implements that you like, and That's you would true. hate it if someone took your pen and never gave That's it back. That's true. And I get very, I don't get like the basic Bic pen. I'm very specific with I my pen. I thought you were going to say I'm basic, a basic bitch Bic. pen. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not going to get a basic bitch pen either. So I know when people steal my pens, and I'm looking at you, Drew, I know when the, he steals my pens, and I don't like it. They're my pens. I think so, I can count maybe... 10 pens in my entire house we are just so i have terrible handwriting so i've just given up the idea of, of writing with my hands unless i have to <laughs> if the, if the internet goes down i am screwed in multiple ways but one of them being like i can't go back to scrawling especially with a giant pencil pencils are so dexterous like i want to be able to yeah. to to write little write scrawlings and draw what i need to do i can't when i'm holding this giant yeah. like drumstick thick thing to, to try to write down my notes yeah so so of course sean immediately gets between kenny and topanga and he's like they're not divorced kenny this is a trial separation don't know what i i don't think i don't know what borrowing a pencil means nobody's borrowed more pencils than sean hunter well i don't i don't know if this is foreshadowing uh you know one of the segments that you do i should we wait to, to dress to talk about kenny's look here. oh yeah go ahead the backwards hat is something here go oh ahead, no Mike. that's that's about... by far not the the not biggest the least offensive the least offensive i'm talking the puke green bowling shirt paired with the one pierced ear like <laughs> god pastiches of the 90s if i ever heard of any yeah, I remember that being a big thing, which is very, very offensive and wrong now. But it was always like, oh, no, which ear am I supposed to get oh, pierced? Yeah. Like, which one is the the homosexual ear? Or like, can't have both pierced because that means I'm gay. Like, that was such a big thing of being like an adolescent in the 90s when guys pierced their ears. And mm -hmm. it's absolutely ridiculous. This guy's dressed like an LFO member. Yes. <laughs> I, or he's dressing like a uh, bowling for soup. Yes. Yeah. yeah. See, the yeah. backwards hat is what bothered me the most because it's like, I, what? What are these types of hats called? They're like golfing the, hats or whatever. Yeah, yeah. they're 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 like they're like page news, boy. Pa yeah, page boy hats. Yeah, that, that's page boy hat. Hats. But he's wearing it backwards. Why? Like you're already well, wearing a stupid hat, and then you're gonna make it look even dumber. <laughs> I will admit, partially inspired by this episode, I ended up taking a trip to London in like 2006 or so as part of a school trip. And I took a page boy cap because I'm like, listen, when in Rome, because I guess I saw Mary Poppins and I'm like, this yes. is a national hat. And on occasion, I would wear it backwards. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wow. 
so embarrassing. Well, you know, stick, yeah, a, yeah. stick a pencil in me. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> You're cooked. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kenny's look is horrifying. It's probably the worst of the bunch uh, in terms of how everyone is dressed. Um, and he is very taken aback. He's just like, I just I just wanted a pencil. Um, and Corey's just like she wanted more than a pencil. You think yeah. he was into Topanga? Oh yeah. He was asking for the girthiest writing instrument. Like that does say something. He, yeah, he does just put the him. pencil in the pencil sharpener and I say get away from here. <laughs> And so, <laughs> so, so Angela's just like, Sean, he's just asking for a pencil. And uh, and Sean's just like, I know what he's asking for. I'll stab that big pencil through his heart. You hear me, Kenny? I don't mess with pencils. Once again, my, my issue with pencils. In um, freshman year of high school, I had a pencil in my left hand. And I saw somebody on the volleyball team that I was with and I accidentally stabbed myself with the pencil and I still have a mark on my hand from the pencil. What? Yep. It has not gone away. I don't know. And the mark is still there. It's still lead gray and I haven't been able to get rid of it. That's that's unnatural. I know. And we looked, we made sure to make sure there's no lead in it. Nope. So don't stab yourself with a pencil because the mark never goes away. I will say my basic big story, and I'm not proud of this one, <laughs> is I remember I was very bored sitting in the back of the classroom, of course, with one of my best friends in seventh grade. And I asked him, what's the most random thing I could do right now? And he said, I don't know. And I took a pencil and I stabbed him in the shoulder. <gasps> <gasps> oh my! I said, I'm not proud of this. Dysfunction right yeah. away. Well, not like it in? didn't break. No, no, I did not break the skin. I was, I'm Mike Bloom, and it was seventh grade. I had the strength of a feather. Uh, but I just, <laughs> oh for some God. reason, I thought that would be the funniest thing that I could do. And he, he did laugh in response. So, like, maybe it was all for the best. You're and, just and doing to it this for day, the this guy has like a blue freckle on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just like, guys, where he Wait, Jess, me. I sent you the pencil picture. Do you see it? Oh my gosh. Let me look. Let me see if I have the pencil picture. I will confirm. Uh okay. I think I see it. It's very faint if that's what it's it not- is. Hey, hey, it is there. there. It is. Um, it, it is there. So Topanga's upset. She's like, Sean is taking this harder than me and Corey are. And Feeney's just like, listen, enough young and the restless. Um, time to get back to class. Uh, here's here is the word. Shut up, which Feeney is actually two words, and I'm surprised that no one said it to him. Yeah, he's not um, an English teacher. I mean, he's an everything teacher at this point. Who knows yeah. what he even teaches? Well, yeah, so remind me, what's the point? Is he the principal right He's now? the principal and a teacher right I, now. I haven't That's... seen him do any principally duties this season. Yeah, though I think yeah. when Sean says, right, that he has all the keys, that's why I was trying to remember yeah. if he was the principal. Yeah. Uh, and so Sean again is like, he stands up and he says, Mr. Feeney, I'm sure you can recall the pain of being stabbed in the back by a girlfriend. And Topinga, rightfully so, says, I didn't stab him. He stabbed me. And Corey says, I'd stab myself before I stab you. Kenny, give me that pencil. And Kenny, I don't have one. <laughs> but Corey is so wrong here. He was the one who was in the wrong. Even though it was Topinga who ended the relationship, Corey is in the wrong and we all know it. Corey, don't try to say that you were innocent in all of this. 
because you weren't. We just spent like the last three podcasts talking about how not innocent you were. Yeah, it's an odd episode to watch in isolation like myself because you very much get painted this idea of like, God, that hussy Topanga t- to doing the tango all over poor Corey Matthews' heart. But like, yeah. this was after the whole ski trip yes, right. incident, right? So like, I mean, maybe the, again, we know that this is, uh, well, no, this isn't the dream. I was trying to say like, well, Sean is very much taking his own POV here of like, Corey is right and Topanga is wrong. But again, yeah. this is supposed to be quote unquote reality at the moment. Right. They, he has the dream in uh, detention. So um yeah so we're not there yet so uh meanwhile Feeney's just like angrily holding these scissors <laughs> he's just like listen this is not what the class is about I don't care about your little drama going on um and so he separates Corey and Topanga on opposite sides of the classroom and he says okay you know we're gonna we gotta get going with class I'm trying to teach a class here uh and Feeney says everybody's getting detention and then of course the creepy janitor. The door just like flies open and this janitor just walks in like staring at everyone, empties the garbage can, and then he points at them like menacingly. What is this, Mike? What What is happening? Why? I mean, are you sure that he's pointing? I mean, the fucker was pretty crooked, right? So he was like, maybe he was trying to, I don't know, E.T. phone home. He probably home. has arthritis or something. I don't know. Well, they need to pay for his health care, okay? School <laughs> employees are, empl- are people too. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure about this because, again, this is in reality. Uh, I mean, look, if the school is so short-staffed that a teacher is also the principal, why not hire an ex-con? You know, why not hire a murderer <laughs> to be your janitor? If they're probably good at disposing of messes considering the crimes that they have to clean up themselves. Yeah, this guy just, I don't, it's weird because we've never seen him before, obviously, and we'll never see him again. And so just this one-off creepy dude who's now janitor, I feel like emptying garbages was always like a night, like an end of school day activity. It didn't happen usually during class. Um, It was the pointing for me that was like, I hate him. It's creepy, but you know what, Jessica, creepy people deserve jobs too. (laughs) Yes, that's why Steve Buscemi gets hired. <laughs> How many times will Steve Buscemi be mentioned in this Boy Meets World? What, what I, what Steve I Buscemi could have taken this job. Yeah, what I find more affronting, though, is that Feeney takes that as the last straw to get the detention when, like, they didn't do anything. They didn't say yeah. him in janitor and threaten this man. They, they He just walked in at the same time, and Feeney was just so fed up with the circumstances. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, detention for everybody, including you, janitor. You have to stay after school. <laughs> and I'll again say, this is technically part of reality. So again, we can't <laughs> ascribe any dream logic to this. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But they're all in detention. And, uh, and Corey is like, I didn't think seniors still got detention. And Feeney, of course, uh, says they do when they act like two-year-olds. And then Corey, which kind of shocking for Corey to be like imitating Feeney with Feeney standing literally right next to him. <laughs> like, Corey, what are you doing? Um, I mean, and- Feeney's lived next to Corey for years at this point, right? Is he just conditioned to have him near him that he doesn't even notice him? Uh, possibly, I suppose. Yeah, they're so close, right? Because we are our, our big running uh, joke on this, Mike, is that Feeney has bugged the Matthews house so that he knows all the goings on there because he always oh, yeah. seems to know everything that's going on with them. Well, the thing is, like, Feeney, you know, he's a teacher, but like, what else does he do? You know, gardens. He's obsessed with gardening, but he does it. does 
He does it specifically at the uh, side of the house where it shares the Matthews backyard. So could it be? Do we ever meet Corey or Eric or Morgan's grandparents throughout Boy Meets World? We meet Alan's mother, yes, who's played by Blanche from Golden Girls. Oh, nice. Yeah, she Uh, has the cucaracha as like the horn on her car. Could it be? Mr. Feeney is the estranged far- father of Mrs. Matthews. It could be. It could be. I'm trying to remember. I think that Amy mentions her mother. I don't remember her ever talking about her father. No. I suppose. We know that, like, Feeney's wife died. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's a thing where, hear me out here. Okay, so, uh, you know, he, he has this falling out with his with his wife, with his family, etc. He leaves. We get a Mrs. Doubtfire-esque makeover where he gets made over into, like, another older-looking man, <laughs> calls himself Mr. Feeney, and, like, moves in next door, and they're none the wiser. Oh, man. I mean, it makes it somehow as creepy, but still creepy. Because not only – it's, like, not as creepy because you're not stalking. You're like, oh, this is just my grandson. I care about him. So it's not, not as creepy as that regard. But then it's still creepy because he's changing his appearance. Maybe he's getting, uh, like, the Tinder Swindler makeover. Did you did you watch the Tinder Swindler, Mike? <laughs> no. I, I am not – I'm not for, like, uh, both docudramas and, like, the real-life thing. I so, can like, understand that. Yeah, so I'm, again, so as – as someone who is very horror averse, again, I'm like, I don't want to yes. experience necessarily like the depravities within our reality on a voluntary basis. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. That totally makes sense. But the Twindler, the Twindler, the Tinder Swindler went to the plastic surgeon and was like, I want you to change my eyes, my nose, my chin, my face, my blah, 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 blah. And the doctor was like, you know, the only people that ask for this is criminals. So I refuse to do your complete he should have done one at a time from each doctor yeah yeah he should have it's like when you are trying to commit a crime and you need to buy like a shovel rope duct tape you buy one at each store with cash oh where'd you learn that jessica (laughs) i did not know that jessica (laughs) it's just common knowledge um so yeah so they're they're sitting in detention and Feeney goes to leave. He says, I'm not in detention. I can leave if I want to. And then he locks them in there, which like complete. I know this is Sean's dream. Complete fire hazard. Like you cannot lock students in a room. Now, do you think he did that, though? Or do you think either the killer or the creepy janitor did it? Ooh, probably, probably the killer, right? We haven't seen the killer yet, but maybe he was creeping and just a quick, how do you even yeah. lock it from the, I don't know, but it's, but it's weird though. Cause the chronology of events is like, first it gets locked, then it gets unlocked. Right. So the killer can turn off the lights and kill Kenny. So like, was right. it just to keep them in one location for a portion of time? Yeah. Maybe they just wanted to have them panic a little bit. They're like, we'll lock them in here just to get their nerves going. Um, we, we have to be in the mindset of a killer. Jessica, you're already halfway there because you know how to get. You know how to. You know how to get. Okay, so eyes. I think the thing is like a caged animal, right? right. Like, okay. So you lock them in, okay. get them all hyped up, get them to turn on each other. That's very important. Okay. And so they turn on Kenny immediately because Corey's like, Kenny, you're lucky to even be here. Which why is anybody lucky to be in detention? Who knows? No, but well, I just I love though the meta commentary of it though, right? Between that yeah. and then 
between them. Well, it's certainly not going to be one of us. Like that's again, <laughs> yeah. one of the many, many things I love about this episode is how it gives the showing excuse where sometimes they will be meta. Right. I remember the Morgan joke when she was recast and she's like, wow, that was the longest nap ever. But like yeah. outside of that, they really don't underline the fact that it is a sitcom, but here they outright say, and again, this should have been a big hint that it was a dream the entire time is they're basically saying like, yeah, we're main characters. You know, we show up in the opening credits pouring water on each other and eating mustard on pretzels or whatever. Like, sorry, Kenny, you're a day player. You're done. Oh, the YouTube video also said that they knew that they were filming an intro that day, but all the clips that we see, they were not aware that the cameras were on. So all of those oh, scenes good. Yeah, they're I, having. I, I was going to ask if that was the case because it did seem yes. to me like there's not. I mean, not to say that there's like a difference between being in character and out of character with these people, but like, I don't know. It just seemed to me, it very much got the tone of, okay, we're doing a promo shoot for the show. And then they just like randomly, here, eat some pretzels. Here, why why doesn't everyone dance? Why don't you read some comics? And they just took the the sort of like home footage of it and put it into an intro. I very much got that sense. Yeah, yeah. I I really like, it makes it very much more authentic because they really enjoyed each other, um, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, so Kenny, as we know, is the side character. Sean can't get out of the room. Um, and, of course, we see creepy janitor coming along because they hear the squeaking. Janitor dinosaur in his squeaky <laughs> trash can. I, so, I do not think his name is Dinosaur. It's, it's canon now. <laughs> janitor dinosaur is here. He looks into the room and everybody just stares back at him. Uh, and so Sean says, hey, hey, Giggles. Maybe his name is Giggles. I'd rather maybe, have it be maybe. dinosaur. <laughs> ironic name. Uh, we're locked in. Do you have the key? And he pulls up this like massive thing of keys. And he just gets this like creepy smile. Uh, great. Do you want to let us out? And he puts the keys away. Like he mocks them. He does. He's terrible. Um, and so then Topanga's scared. Angela's scared. Uh, she runs towards Sean and like hangs onto his arm. And then... The map, which everybody, okay, if you grew up in the 90s, you mm-hmm. remember these maps that were pull downs over your chalkboard, and there were different ones. So they were like America, you know, the United States, there's Europe, whatever, that would pull down and they would like lock into place. I specifically remember these because I had a teacher who was like 5'2", and she could never reach them. So she always had to have like a tall student in the yeah. class come and pull them down for her. Yeah, I had a teacher who... Our chemistry teacher uh, was a shorter man as well. And then one day he like fell in his driveway and like broke his shoulder. And he always like, <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> See, who's the closest to being a killer now? <laughs> yeah. But I just remember every time he pulled up, he's like, uh, and it just made me. <laughs> Say, say this is why I was laughing preemptively. <laughs> I was remembering the reaction of him. He would make noises. His poor groan every time he would like reach up, even to write something on the chalkboard. Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> awful. He needs to get one of those overhead projectors. He needs a smart board. Well, I mean, now they have smart boards. Back then they had overhead projectors. And if you were right, left-handed, you were fucked because your hand just smudged everything as you went. I mean, in general, yeah, unless you had those rare like left-handed desks. Talk about like being angry that someone's in your seat if you someone took your left-handed desk you were boned yeah uh so of course so yeah the map just flies up and on the blackboard it says no one gets out alive and it's written in blood red Mm. and every and angela of course screams and points uh 
this is fantastic. Angela is going to be known as the screamer this episode, and she does her job well. I can't imagine that uh, that she had her voice by the end of this episode. Definitely not. Uh, she said in the interview that um, they knew that she was such a good screamer, so they definitely implemented that. And she had to scream so much that she eventually just said, I'm going to... Um, when it comes to the rehearsals, I'm not screaming. I'm just going to say, ah, because she had to scream so much. Also, she was very pregnant in this episode. I was wondering why, if this was 90s fashion, but she wore a very baggy, like, cardigan-esque thing. Yes. It seemed like it was thicker than a cardigan, but, like, yeah. it did seem very billowy compared to what Daniel Fischel, like, wore, a, I think, a, like, a more closely hewn sweater. So, like interesting but i guess it it did not pull me out of it she wasn't like holding a pillow in front of her the entire time yeah, yeah. no big purses to be seen no high kitchen counters like they usually do on sitcoms um and so sean says that he thinks that it's fake feeney is pulling an elaborate hoax he obviously is trying to teach us something uh and is like what's he trying to teach us and Corey says to pay attention or we die <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're going off the fact that there is always a long Feeney con. There's always yes. a lesson to be learned. So they're, they're convinced that this is what's going on. Oh, this is just a lesson. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I, it, it, it's not. It's crazy. He, Feeney might be the murderer. Who knows? Yeah, and Sean says, if you've seen as many horror films as I have, this is classic. The locked door, the scary janitor, the bloody warning, and our soon-to-be first victim. And he points at Kenny. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, this is also Sean being a bit of the Jamie Kennedy, right, in Scream, that I've seen mm -hmm. so many scary movies. But again, very, very fun, where since we know that he is also the killer, that, like, of course he would know what the killer would do, because he is the killer, in a manner of speaking. Yeah. yeah. So we hear a thumping, which Sean says it's the sound of our beating hearts. It signifies our heightened our heightened fears and Very the fact Edgar that something Allen horrible, Poe. yeah, yeah, uh, something horrible is about to walk through that door, and so everyone freaks out as the door flies open, and of course it's Eric. Howdy ho! Yeah, this was something I was always. I remember in the promo for this episode, like it had that clip specifically. I mean, like, is was he allowed to quote South Park? I know that obviously he the, does it many times. Yeah, so. but like, was he a, like? I guess from a copy, I guess from a copyright perspective, that's stupid to say that. Like, they couldn't sue like, if he do, said they probably. And, and oh my god, like they killed Kenny, but like it just felt very odd. Yeah, <laughs> especially the Heidi Ho. Like the they killed Kenny thing makes sense because there is a character named Kenny, but why the Heidi Ho? <laughs> so this is a product of the fact that. The writers were not only horror uh, film buffs, but they were also really into South Park. So these jokes were intentionally written into this episode oh, as an okay. ode to South Park. They well, yeah, named this character Kenny so they can say, oh, my God, you killed Kenny, you bastard. Well, because I'm pretty sure South Park, and I'll look it up here. So this came out in, what, like, 98, this episode? Yeah, uh, I think I'm so. I'm pretty sure that, like, South Park started in, like, 97, I believe. So, like, ah, this so was it's... really the hit craze. It was, like, the first couple seasons when, you know, it was so taboo and just, like, you know, so out of control. I will also say, as much as I talked about, like, my own uh, sort of, like, proclivities as a kid being like, ah, oh, don't give me any, like, you know, uh, adult situation, dramatic stuff. 
uh, in my sitcoms. Like I ate the crap out of things like The Simpsons and South Park at a very yeah. inappropriately young age. So like as long as it was animated, I was fine with them tackling things as long as it wasn't too serious. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely so- wouldn't classify South Park as or Simpsons as serious shows. <laughs> so. South Park was something that I watched with my dad and my mom it was one of those things like don't tell your mom that we're watching this and we would watch it together (laughs) uh so i definitely got the references back in the day but it is a little jarring especially in a 2022 setting to hear all these south park references and you're just like that's interesting i mean south park is still going it's still trucking along but it's 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 very funny to hear how many South Park references mm-hmm. this has. So Jack and um, Eric are there. They so we find out that the the thumping that they heard was uh, Eric bouncing a basketball down the halls. He said we had a hanger in for some hoops. It's like you go to college. Does your college not have a basketball hoop? But your whatever. local park, <laughs> or a local park, or someone's house. <laughs> well Um, yeah alan did take down the basketball hoops so i guess they're really out in their luck yeah and so jack says it's really creepy out there uh he thinks it had something to do with the janitor and sean says i knew it uh and they say yeah he was in the locker room pushing around his squeaky bin uh, and there was blood coming out of the showers which i feel like is the biggest throwaway line that is like wait a minute wait a minute stop down here a second there's blood coming out of the showers like isn't this a thing in in it like yeah, the- it, and one of the things that happens in it, yeah, is like the the blood in the shower. So that's more again of like a supernatural thing as opposed to like, I don't know. I'm thinking of like Carrie, uh, even though that's a very different circumstance. But like, I feel like I've seen something where they pump blood like into the water system to have it come out of the showers. So yeah. it could work, but I feel like it takes a lot more effort than for a killer, unless the killer is like working with some sort of mumbo jumbo to get blood to come yeah. out of the showers so easily. Yeah, Sean says it's from the classic horror film, Blood in the Showers. <laughs> so that maybe is the film you're thinking of. Uh, and so Sean says it's a it's from the classic work of a diabolical master villain, Feeny. Uh, oh no, Feeny's a suspect. He is. He's he's sus as hell. He's the one who leaves. He's the one who locks them in. Oh yeah, I mean now that I think about it, this, really is one giant game of Among Us, is it not? <laughs> yes. Oh yes. Who can survive? Where were you? I was doing electrical in the hallway. I was in the locker room showers. Apparently, Blood in the Showers is different than the 2004 horror movie Shower of Blood, which got a 8 on IMDb. Oh. An 8? Yeah, Lisa and her friends take a trip to her uncle's house in a forest, which is known for disappearances and endure a night filled with terror. All right. Hmm. Um, So, right. So, Sean says, I feel so bad Kenny has to be the first one to die. Uh, and he, he's really upset. He's like, why? What is happening here? He says, this doesn't scare me. Nothing scares me. And Topanga doesn't belong to your best friend, Corey, anymore. If I want to borrow a pencil from her, I will. What are you going to do about it? Um, and this is when we see the creepy scream hands, like the <gasps> black, you know, gloved hand reach in, shut the lights off. Angela screams again. Sean turns the lights back on. And, of course, we see the classic uh, Jack holding Eric, which is yeah. very fun. And the little, like, Scooby-Doo-esque thing, right? I would imagine that there was some Scooby-Doo references here, especially when we get the montage of them running through the hallways. Felt very yes. Scooby-Doo to me. 
Yep. Uh, and so Angela screams again. Uh, she points. And of course, we look over and we see Kenny with the big pencil stuck through his head. Um, and then he sinks down and it leaves a line on the wall, uh, which I think is one of the most iconic images from, from this episode. Far and away, my favorite line from this and one of the, the lines that like lives rent free in my head is Corey sincerely walking up and saying, we'll always remember he was this tall. <laughs> it, it's it a little savage, you know? Every it's so good. Me, it's literally Ben Savage. But yes, it kills me every <laughs> single time. I, I don't think I got it the first time that I watched it and it because of the, the just the arresting image, but like ever like and this is like a microcosm of why this episode is so good. It's just because it's a it's a really smart, stupid line, which is my favorite type of comedy. Yeah. yeah. It's so amazing. And then of course we get the Eric, oh my gosh, they killed Kenny. Um, and so everybody runs into the hallway, lights are flickering, we get like the scary music. Okay, the scary we- music is the scariest. Yeah, welcome to Jad Adams High, where you're going to die. That's right, fall right this way. It doesn't sound scary when you're just reading the lyrics. Yeah, this is very scary, Jessica. What kind of killer are you? Uh, Not a killer. (laughs) That's the killer. Should I do it then, John Adams? Since I'm the killer of this podcast? Yeah, go ahead. Sing sing the song. Let me do my radio voice. Ready? Welcome to da 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 yeah, that, that was, was good. Kind of, it feels okay, very well, like carnivaly. It's it's very like old timey radio announcer. I mean, that's also like uh, I'm I am very much not playing to this crowd in particular. But if anyone listening has ever played the Bioshock games, it is very much that aesthetic where you like go underwater to like this ravaged underwater city, and over the radio, it's like we'll see under the water. It's like people are trying to attack you and murder you. <laughs> so it's always that aesthetic of the old timey radio yes. voice. It's mm-hmm. the most, a little bit cre- less creepy than little kids singing nursery rhymes slowly, but like certainly Ooh. up there. Oh, that's so. so scary. I hate little kids singing nursery rhymes. I think that <laughs> I do. It's so scary. Um, I do think that the song next to the end scene is the scariest part of this episode. <laughs> I'm just imagining like a preschool class and Sarah's like, no! Stop it! No twinkle, twinkle! Stop it! She like recovers her ears and runs away. Do you want me to pee my pants? (laughs) It just, no, Sarah's right though because um, if anybody's ever watched the the show um, Harper, I think it's Harper's Island, Harper Island, Mm -hmm. there's like in the intro song when they have like the, the thing come up, the title card come up, there's a child and she just goes, one by one. And it's the creepiest. I don't. I don't mess with children in movies. That's I'm, what I'm saying. It's oh, they're always away. the creepiest ones. Yeah. Stay away. Maybe maybe I'm, I could make a future for Asher, just having him at a certain age, like record creepy lines and just <laughs> source them out to filmmakers. Mm-hmm. He can have a career in no time with that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah be the next Steve Buscemi. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> poor Asher. Like, we could have we could have dreamt big for him, but we're just gonna settle, settle <laughs> on the next scene for Chevy. Uh, so Sean says that uh, oh, this is so low budget, Feeny. Uh, Eric freaks out. He thinks his basketball is gone, but of course Jack has it. Uh, and Topanga's really I, and scared. I, I would also say, when does the the basketball is like gone at a certain point? They must right? drop like, it at some point. I don't know. I, I'm assuming it's when they go running that I think the basketball is just gone after that. Yeah. Yeah, so Sean says, we can't get out of here. Feeney's the only one with the keys to all the doors, and they're all locked and chained by now. So everybody but Sean is running around trying to open all the doors and yell for help. But, of course, everything is chained up. Um, And uh, Sean says, it's so predictable. 
Uh, and he says, first, there'll be some strange shrouded figure creeping up behind us that none of us will see. So then they all look behind them. And this is what I'm saying is the jump scare. They all look behind them and a person in like a scream costume runs across the screen. I don't know if that counts as a jump scare, though. It literally does not count as a jump scare. It counts. I think think if we had the scream guy jump at the screen, then that's a jump scare. Yeah, to me, the jump scare is A, jarring, like sudden, and B, more so done in like our direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that is, is, I think, makes it scary. If someone just like runs across the screen with the music making a bump, I, that's not exactly so, a jump scare. For my like 10 year old self, it was very scary. Oh, this is as much yeah. horror as I could handle as a child. Right. Yeah. This not, is not probably... now. I wasn't scared now. I'm a 30 year old lady. I'm oh, fine. I was, I was a little scared. Now, what if it was somebody walking by singing like "Twinkle Twinkle"? No, that's so creepy. That's so creepy. That's so creepy. The movie with like the twin girls and they're like walking down the the hall. Yeah, The Shining. That's (laughs) the critically acclaimed movie, The Shining. (laughs) I've never seen it because it looks too scary. You know that one with the twin girls walking down the hallway. That's what it's most known for. It's creepy. I mean, in my or I think it's known for the guy with the face like Jack Nicholson, right? Here's Johnny. Is that right? The, the guy with the face. <laughs> Oscar winning Academy <laughs> Academy Award acknowledged I'm that guy known. with the face. Oh Academy Award acknowledged, I think, is my favorite. They uh, they said he was there at the time. <laughs> I'm sure he won. Did he win something? I'm sure he, uh, he did. won. Yeah, he won for one floor over the cuckoo's nest. I believe. Right. Yes. Back in the day, but I don't, uh, and I think uh, uh, as good as it gets, I believe memorably as well. Yeah, There's but that one knowledge. movie, the one movie I know him most well from is the yeah. rom com where he dates Amanda Peet, and the mom dates someone uh, dates the guy from all those like racing movies where he just goes whoa um, from <laughs> the Matrix. <laughs> what? Okay, wait. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. I thought you said all those racing movies, and I got very confused as to like, is there a guy in the Fast and the Furious films <laughs> just going whoa? Wait, what did she? Speed? If she didn't say racing movies, what did she say? I said racing Nick. movies, but I think I meant Speed. Oh, okay. Speed is not a racing movie. <laughs> well, she hasn't seen Speed. Seen the entire it. point of Speed is that they have to go above a certain threshold or they'll things will explode that's oh right we group. had to talk about this one sarah i just thought the we, name we have you know? talked about it sounds it. like a race yeah can you imagine like you know that actor from anger management the one where he like co-starred with adam sandler you know the 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 winner adam sandler love adam sandler and that other guy yeah, so I was trying to figure out. So, what movie are you talking about, Jess? Where he's in it with Emily Pete and Keanu Reeves? No, Amanda Pete. Amanda. I, Amanda I, Pete. Honestly, I don't. Oh, oh, you're something's talking about gotta, uh, something. Something's got to give. Yep. Yeah, something's that's the give. one. That's the one I know. Jack Nicholson. Do you, okay, hold on. One more thing about Jack Nicholson movies. You know the expression "the bucket list." Yeah, that came yeah. from. There was a movie with him and Morgan Freeman. Okay, so there, the yes. List. So there's the movie "The Bucket List." There right. is something on TikTok where they're claiming there is nothing in writing where people were it's like a mandela effect there's no proof that people use bucket list in that way prior to the 2007 movie which doesn't feel right at all 
but apparently what? that's the case. You know, you know, you write a bucket People list. People need to get off TikTok. Here's the thing. Okay, society, get it. Okay. Society is doomed. It's gonna right. there's, 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 forward. There's Let's gonna move be a forward. TikTok that's like, uh, actually, we have three feet, and you just can't feel the third one. And people are like, oh, I guess it's true. Get it. Get it. Whatever. Whatever. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Um, okay, so... Uh, Sean says the lights are going to flicker. Feeney's going to pop up, reveal his master plan. And of course the lights flicker and here's a knife. Here's a gun. They'll be fun for everyone. Oh, Jessica can do it now. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Death is on the menu tonight. It's oh, creepy. It's and there's Feeney just standing there and everyone's like, oh, Feeney. How is a dead man just like standing up like this? <laughs> rigor mortis i guess yeah i'm not entirely sure i mean he couldn't have had rigor mortis like he barely just died like you need hours for that maybe maybe he died a while ago you know maybe he died and maybe he got killed as soon as he left the room yeah so Corey and sean are giving him big props and sean asks what's the lesson and he pats him on the back and feeney falls to his knees he has scissors like dug like an inch into his back which killed him I did love the final, I think, uh, image of this act break, right? It's like Sean sinking to his, or maybe it's it's Topanga, like sinking to her knees. And poor William Daniels has to just like lie face flat on yeah. the ground with his arms at his side like he's a CPR dummy. Uh, and I'm just like, this man is so acclaimed and he has to do this. This is a very <laughs> fun episode, but I felt very bad for him in this moment. Yeah. Um, and of course, Eric says, they killed Feeney. Um, and everybody runs and Sean's just like, oh my God, I was wrong. And so finally Sean is actually going to get scared because he realizes, dang, I was not right about Feeney being behind this. It was not a long Feeney con. Um, so then, uh, Sean is sitting on the desk trying to figure everything out. Everybody else seems to still be in shock. Uh, Corey says, Feeney can't die. How, how can Feeney die? Uh, Sean says, he was the first suspect. It's my fault. The second I suspected him, I signed his death warrant. Um, and Sean says, wait a minute, virgins never die. <laughs> so Corey thanks Topanga for saving him. <laughs> this is, this is very funny. Yeah, I, I loved, particularly, I love Sean's, uh, I'm as, I'm as sick as you can get without dying. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is so telling. Very, very <laughs> yeah, we know so what he's done. Questions. He's gotten to third base without completing the home run, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also the the presumption about Feeney is also a great payoff. As yeah, well. Feeney. go Feeney, go Feeney. And, and Corey very sincerely goes, "I'm happy for Feeney too." And I feel like unfortunately they don't bring the laugh track in, but that's also that made me laugh. That's a very ridiculous. Laugh. Like, look, let's get serious, yeah. people. I'm happy that Feeney got some as well. But we gotta get some business here. Yeah, uh, and so Eric says, "Kenny's dead. Feeney's dead. We're trapped inside with the killer." Uh, so they have to figure out who the killer is um and uh and angela wants to split up sean says of course that's wrong no we we have to stick together and so then they hear more squeaking and uh and sean tries to stop Corey. He says don't say it don't say it and Corey says the janitor is the killer 
And Sean's like, well, that's the end of the janitor. You, you done did him dirty. He's about to die. Um, and Topanga says that Sean was wrong about Feeny. So she has to be wrong. He has to be wrong about this too. And Sean yells, you were wrong to break up with Corey. <laughs> Everyone's like, what does that have to do with anything? I mean, again, this is this is dream logic, right? Uh, and I I also love Eric's follow-up here where he's trying to like look on the bright side because there are only two people who are horribly dead. That's an acceptable loss. Yeah. I think we're good. Once a third happens, then it really goes haywire. Yeah, two's two's fine. It's, and there I mean not Feeny, but Kenny Kenny doesn't even count as a death, so you can have one more. I mean, if Feffy was the only third one to die, like I think it'd be a very similar reaction, right? Of like, eh, yeah, exactly. It's okay. Yeah, so the squeaking gets louder. Uh, and so they said, let's get out of here. So they run out, and there's the rolling trash bin. Uh, and Jack's, I love Jack complimenting Angela on her screams. You're really good at that. Um, and so Sean says, uh, Angela, are you sick of screaming? Don't don't look in the trash bin. And he pulls up a dead janitor dinosaur. <laughs> no, not janitor no, dinosaur. No, he's a fossil. Now, this is interesting, though, because if we talked about rigor mortis with Feeny, it's the exact opposite with the janitor, considering unless we're thinking, like, they dismembered his body and, like, put it all... Because otherwise, you have to fold him up pretty yeah. significantly to get him into that bin. I was thinking he was, like, kneeling inside of it, you know? Like, they, like, they crumpled up his legs a little... And then they just like plopped him in and he was hunched over and then they yank him up by like the neck. Wow. Map it out in my head. <laughs> explanation. Yeah. So imagine like if you're sitting on your knees on the uh -huh. ground, shove him <laughs> in the bin like we don't, that. We don't oh, need gotcha. to rehab okay. you explain it <laughs> i needed the explanation i i very much like appreciates it my explanation on how to contort people's bodies into trash bins. yeah well because that feels less contorted you think to me than like doing the whole pretzel of just like yes you know putting his feet to meet his head and then yeah i don't think he way. was like that i'm pretty sure he was like kneeling and i mean it's a pretty big trash bin it was an industrial yeah. sized trash bin yeah, yeah there's like 15 retainers in there Ugh. Ugh, nothing brings me back to the 90s, like re mention of a retainer, you know? I lost my retainer at film camp. <laughs> what a sentence. What a sentence. <laughs> I lost... I, I love the title of your podcast. Can we just rename it, though, to I lost my retainer at film camp? Because I don't think anything evokes the 90s more than that sentence. <laughs> So true. Uh, Sarah, should I tell Mike about when I used to make my own retainers? I was <laughs> no. <jealous. laughs> no. Uh, well, first of all, Mike, do, oh do you remember what squeezables were? Are you talking like squeezing peanut butter and jelly onto Nope. Nope. Okay. No, no, those Kool-Aid things that were like the they were oh, kind of like plastic bottles and they yeah, had the yeah, little yeah. screw-off lid thing. Yeah, that oh, yeah, thing yeah, you yeah, twist yeah, it yeah. off. Yeah. I used to <laughs> in elementary school i uh everyone had retainers and i didn't i was like well, i thought the retainer was very cool and so i used to pull the top off of those and put it on the roof like on the underneath roof of my mouth and pretend it was a retainer how big was your head the size of a tennis ball that's not <laughs> a size it's so small. no it's not that small i mean i was a child it's you know small yeah. Oh, I mean, it's like you know like it's a it's a, a size of a half dollar and then like when we first heard about this she was like 
everybody did this. I'm like, Jessica, nobody, nobody did, this. did this. First off, I don't know if like you went to a school, I think with a lot of like dentally uh, untalented people, I guess I'll say if like, this was the hit trend that everyone was having retainers. They were like, all right, I guess I better, this is what everyone's doing. You know, they did tell you that you were literally supposed to use your retainer for the rest of your life. No, when not back got... then they didn't. They just no. put your braces on your face. You got them off and they were like, you're good to go for life. And well, then no, they were like, here's your around. retainer. And they were like, wear it every day at night or something. But nobody ever said for the rest of your life. I feel like that no. second half of the sentence got left out. Yeah, well, because usually with the retainer, even without the braces, right? It was like, okay, well, like, you know, move your teeth in. And they're like, ah, let's move far enough. I think you're good. You can take it out, <laughs> essentially, when, like, that's yeah. not the case. Uh, do, you, do they still do butterflies on kids? Remember the butterfly? What's the butterfly? Oh, the butterfly. I mean, Is this makes key? your, yeah, this makes your Kool-Aid just oh, look like I, this is like we a call saw them expanders torture. yeah same thing it's like a, it's like a saw torture device essentially yeah where they it like it was attach- i had one. Oh, okay yeah so i i wonder That's if awful. they still do that for kids or if like orthodontic technology has advanced where like they don't feel like they have to i feel like they had to have gotten better options by now um so yeah so eric is excited because the killer is dead we're off the hook um he tries to give high fives to everyone uh, and there's no one else in here, is there? And they all look behind them. They're like relieved. So then they turn and look forward and the guy in scary costume runs behind again. Very it's scary. pretty scary. It is scary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Sean, Sean says the death of the janitor signifies the end of the last of the obvious suspects, just like the old classic, the last of the obvious suspects. Uh, and then Eric goes, dun, dun, dun. The killer is oh, yeah, one this- of us. Yeah, so this is one of those, uh, okay, Eric, maybe a bit too much. And I like how they lampshade that as well. Of like, oh, just, just shut up. Stop doing the noises. Uh, and so um, so then Sean and Corey stare at Topanga. Uh, what, do we upset you? Upset you enough to kill? Dun, dun, dun. Uh, and so they all, um, they're all walking. They're like, which one of us is it? And they all are just kind of like eyeing each other suspiciously. Uh, Topinka says, "There's no one is no one is the killer. There has to be somebody else in here, and there has to be a way out. We have to find a way out." Uh, and so they all decide they're going to go looking together for a way out of the school. Um, and then, uh, let me just see. Yes. Yeah, so Eric, so Jack says, "I'm the oldest," and Eric's like, "Yeah, but I've lived longest." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're so stupid. Uh, so Eric stays out there by himself and everybody else goes into Feeney's classroom. And then, of course, we get Jennifer Love Hewitt, who is uh, who is coined here as, what is it, Jennifer Love Pfefferman? Yeah, Pfeffy. Pfeffy. This was my first exposure to Jennifer Love Hewitt because, you know, obviously I had not seen Party of Five, had not seen I Know What You Did Last Summer. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, had not seen Can't Hardly Wait. So I had not experienced anything about her. So I was like, okay, this is fun. I do find it odd, the naming of the character. It's no dinosaur, but like, why did they take the first two names and just keep it the same? <laughs> she, she doesn't even get character names. Just they just want to really hit us over the head with the fact that it's Jennifer Love Hewitt. They're like, in case you yes. forgot that's who this actress is, we're yeah. going to tell you. But uh, then they said, all right, we got to change it up a little bit. Let's c- c- give her Pfefferman yeah. as Feffy. the last name. 
Yeah. And so Eric says, you're the killer. You're the killer. I'm going to know you're going to tell me you're not the killer, but I, you're so beautiful. And I'm going to believe it. You're not, you're the killer. She says, I'm not the killer. He instantly believes her and just starts like making out with her like very hardcore. This is a lot. Yeah. So Sarah, correct me if I'm wrong here. Is one of the reasons why Jennifer Love Hewitt was on this was because she was dating Will Friedle? That's correct. Yes. Okay, so it doesn't. It makes it a little bit better knowing yeah. that that's the case. But still, yeah. if you look at it within the reality of it, yeah, it's it's a very creepy and also creepy of Sean to be like dreaming up this entire thing of essentially watching someone else's <laughs> so makeup scene. Yeah, yeah. Will Friedle said once again in this interview, it was a very good interview actually. He's like, that was so creepy and wrong to just push somebody up against the lockers that I didn't even know and kiss them but he was like I didn't even think about it because we were dating at that time mm -hmm. and it just it, it felt less weird because of that um he also said that he hasn't seen her since the 90s so that relationship <laughs> did not go so well um well, as soon as like uh December 31st 1999 they're like well this was a good decade good like, run. this was a 90s specific relationship we don't need to go back to back yeah. into the aughts this is in the 2000s uh yeah. what do you think about Feffy's outfit here the uh the sort of like gradient-esque sweatshirt right? I like it I love yeah. an ombre moment Feffy's in yeah Feffy's feeling it Feffy's hair looks a little stringy I think that we could do better with the hair I, I mean I say that as my hair is literally a mess but well, you know what you're not on tv you're not I, on trial here well I know but I shouldn't be judging people's hair when I'm a mess but I I like her her ombre sweater I think it's a cute look. I do think she looks, I agree. I think the hair could use some volume, um, but it's really hard when you're in a show and you're competing against Topanga and, um, and Angela for, for the hair looks. Cause they have it down. Especially because I, I'm pretty sure she has what, like three minutes of screen time. Maybe She's total. barely around. I thought that she was in much more of the episode, but I guess if they only had probably a day with Jennifer Love Hewitt, cause again, she was doing a lot of stuff at the time that they're like, all right, we can't put her in that much. Yeah, get her in, get her out. You know, let's kill her off as soon as we can. Um, and so he invites uh, Feffy back with the, uh, back with them to the classroom. Uh, can I call you Feffy? Everybody um, does. I love that as well. Of like, oh yes, of course, everyone refers to me as Feffy. <laughs> <laughs> uh and so then the payphone rings and and uh jennifer screams and angela is just like um excuse me i'm the screamer around here i love the turf wars over being the screamer yeah it's fantastic and also uh, considering the fact that again you know jennifer love hewitt was sort of a scream queen at yes. this time i thought that was very fun too that she got mm -hmm. shouted down by somebody for being for screaming right now how dare you try to take my thing uh so Eric takes the phone from Jack, who originally answers, uh, and he's just like, uh, he, he immediately, he's like, wait a minute, I have an idea. I know how we could find out who the killer is. And he just rips the payphone out of the wall. He's like, we can hit him with this. And then the phone still rings somehow. Yep. And he just puts the, the receiver up to his head and he's just like, he's talking to him. He's like, yep. Mm -hmm, yep. Okay. Alrighty. Bye. And he's just like, he's a real chatter. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, Jess, like, did you have a payphone at your school? Do you um, remember? Are you too? Are you like three years too young for a payphone? Well, by the time we got to high school, most kids had some type of cell phone, like probably like mm. a flip phone. So yeah. my high school maybe had one in like the main office or something, but I don't think so. 
Yeah, I don't think I had them either. Because I think, yeah, I think if you had to make a phone call, it was just like you went to the, the main office or That's whatever. That's so embarrassing, so. Mike. <laughs> it's so <laughs> it's so embarrassing to go to the main office just to make a phone call. I mean, if you like, uh, I mean, theoretically, if you like were in good with a teacher, right? Like those phones also dialed out. So like you could use that to call. Your yeah. Ooh. yeah, we had a pay phone and we spent an unusual amount of time playing around on the plate pay phone. Because there was like this number, there was this number that you can call and then you would hang up three times and wait a couple moments and then the phone would ring and you didn't have to pay any quarters with that. This sounds like like Bloody Mary in the mirror wait. type shit. Oh wait, so you called a number. You call, I forget what the number was, but you called a number and then you had to hang it up three times and then in a few moments, the payphone would ring. And who but would be on the like, other line? Nobody. Okay, so you're right, Jess. It is like Bloody Mary. Right? It is. Like, this oh is my exactly God, like Bloody Mary. calling the nether realm. <laughs> I would it never was like do this. Was calling another realm. I don't know why we did this, but it was like our favorite thing to do. I mean, here's the thing that like younger generations should know about. Like millennials, uh, even, you know, on the tail end of Gen Xers, like, we we got bored a lot you know did, people did. do not realize how lucky they are with the amount of content they have in a myriad of ways like we got bored so often when we were kids that we would just do that right like spend yeah. the day of just like hey i bet if you call this number hang up three times a ghost number will call back i'm not even sure how the technology works behind that <laughs> this is why i had to play hangman with my mom when we were at restaurants because there was nothing else to do you know versus having tiktok at your fingertips oh yeah you know uh did you ever have a go-to hangman word no what's the go-to hangman word checks mix Ooh, <gasps> that's sick <laughs> no one ever guesses x you're a sicko yeah that's the smoking gun mine were always like super easy like i like puppies and the color purple like you know very <laughs> wow jess you were so cultured you love that hit oprah winfrey steven exactly. spielberg the color purple it really was i knew everything uh, okay um, i found this on reddit so it's definitely a real thing oh the my God. Trick. yeah this is ridiculous this is what we did we did what's it called I don't know. This oh, did, they, says, did, they, did they ever explain why? No. No. But so this odd. is going back all the way from the 70s. People were like, I did this in the 70s. I remember I did this in the 80s. So it's been good. This is a generational trick. Passed down to bored teenager to bored teenager throughout wow. the day. It happens now. Like, obviously not on a payphone, but like if I call this number on my cell phone and hang up three times, do you think it'll call me back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta hang up three times. <laughs> you should try it. Um, so right, so Eric says the killer said he wants to kill us, and we should all wait right here. So everybody runs. Uh, Eric puts the phone back, checks for change. <laughs> I love that. That's also very much like a board, especially a broke kid move as well, yeah. right? Of just like yeah. always checking. I remember disgusting habit, especially pre-COVID, but. Uh, I remember when I was like a kid and I would go into New York City, like that was uh, definitely something that I would do, right? It's just like fish through the payphones. Because in the 90s in New York City, like there were so many payphones around. Yeah. Ooh. I just stole money from my parents' coats. No quarter was left <laughs> in the coats. 
<laughs> the codes. Yeah, you take a you take Not a even stroll. a couch cushion, just yeah, straight you up stroll, stroll through the codes. No, that's incredibly smart because if you think about it, like if you if you go to a place and you like got change because again, credit cards were not necessarily a huge thing back then. Like, yeah, the natural thing I would do is like I'd probably put it in the you know pocket. the pocket of my coat uh, or my pants. So I think like the laundry room and the coat closet are the first two places you go to. It's true. <laughs> it's it's really true. Oh my gosh! Stealing all my family's money. Sorry. <laughs> they won't know. They assume it's lost forever. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's in one of those payphones in New York City. Uh, so we're now in the library. Everyone's looking around. Um, and uh, Topanga says to Angela, "I don't trust this Jennifer Love Pfefferman any more than I can throw her." Uh, and so Erica, when did this school get a library? Um, so Corey, yeah, I, I was going to ask Sarah, I, I don't know if you have any input because I don't know how many production people were in that interview. How many sets did they build for this? It felt like there were so many new mm -hmm. set pieces between the hallways they were running through and the library. Yeah, they didn't talk about that so much, but it did feel as though that there were more places. They did talk about the library specifically, and they recalled that they kept the library set for some, maybe some SAT stuff later on well then um, they had the library also when um sean is dating jennifer yes. and Corey wants to meet him was there. it the same library it feels similar if not yeah, the yeah, same. I'm, I'm sure they if, if not they just yeah, redress it to make it look like another library yeah you mm -hmm. can't build the uh, libraries over and over again that's a lot of books that you have to collect mm-hmm so Corey and feffy end up in the same aisle together uh and Topanga's like creeping behind them like spying on them which is Suspicious. so fun yeah and Feffy says don't worry we'll get out of this and she kisses Corey on the cheek and then she looks up and like 10 books fall on her and she just screams <laughs> oh no and she's on death's door instantaneously yeah. okay, like, her bones are made of paper <laughs> okay so it looks like there's seven books that fell on her I don't think that would kill you how many books would it take to fall on you to actually do something now like one do something is different than killing you uh because i think that like doing something would probably be like giving you a nasty bruise that's different to me than like <laughs> outright murdering you i think you either have to have a very heavy book fall on your head from a great height sure or a lot of books from a decent height i don't think i think that they're it's only if the bookshelf falls on you. Like, yeah, I, I don't think any bleeding. number of books could do this, but seven books killed Feffy. She had low HP. Maybe she was allergic to books. Oh. Well, that wouldn't explain how then, uh, how then Eric dies. Well, there's Eric allergic to books. Save your breath, Feffy. There'll be plenty of time for that later. Eric, I'm dying. Oh, right. Maybe you should tell me now. So she tries to tell him who the killer is. Then he looks up and he gets hit with a bunch of books and dies. But the thing about it is that Corey is also just standing there the entire time. Because we forget yeah. again the setting of this that it was not Eric and Feffy. It was Corey and Feffy together. And like yeah. it cuts to the corner, right? Where it's just Corey and Topanga standing there watching this all happen. <laughs> it's so fun. It's like, oh no, five books killed my brother. Yeah. And then Eric, Feffy. Feffy, Eric, Feffy, Eric was my friend, my roommate. He paid half the rent. Now I can't afford to live in my apartment. So he runs to the window because he can't afford to pay rent. <laughs> he stands on the ledge and then Angela comes up to comfort him. She says, listen, Sean is still your roommate. Together, you can make the rent. And he goes, oh, yeah, okay. 
Matthew, but, Matthew Lawrence was was really good in this. Uh, I yeah. just love the like Eric Faffy. She was my best friend. I really know her. Uh, yeah. Like you said, just the complete turn to because I I can't afford my apartment now. I'm going to kill myself. Uh, but also the 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 what Angela said to make him feel better. He he covers Sean's rent. Sean does not pay rent at that yeah, apartment. This so is true. It shouldn't make him feel better. Well, it is Sean's dream, though. So I think he's trying to assuage uh, himself of some guilt, perhaps. Maybe this is another <laughs> psychological that's study true. within a psychological yes, study. Yes, that's true. He's like, you know what? I do. I pay for my uh, my place at this apartment. Do you think this is like, uh, how is Matthew Lawrence going to have dreams now about like alimony and have a very similar conversation now of like, I can't do this? <laughs> So the killer uh, instantly just comes over, pushes them off the windowsill, and so they scream. So janky. It is so, it's so, fun. so bad, and I love it. Because this is very clear, right? This is like three feet off the ground. Yeah. That, and they do like a Dutch angle where like they fall off frame, and it takes Matthew Lawrence like an extra second where he's supposed <laughs> to be like, whoa! <laughs> it's so fun. I love it. Do you think uh, Matthew Lawrence is the best Lawrence brother, Mike? Oh, that's tough because I'm trying to, who did, who's the youngest one, right? Because I think the youngest one did the voice of TJ on Recessed. Uh, he he did, yeah. TJ Lawrence, I want to say it is. No, that's TJ. Joseph Weiler. Lawrence is the oldest. Right, that's Joey, of course, Joey Lawrence. Mother House guest, Joey yeah. Lawrence. We have yeah. Matthew Lawrence as the middle one. And then what's, what's the sorry, last one? I'm just going to look up brotherly love just to. Andrew. Just to like, Andrew. Oh, Andy Lawrence. Yeah, I like Andy Lawrence. I think Andy Lawrence is the one that's disappeared off the map the most. That's but I a, think kind of a hot take, Mike. I don't know. I, I, Andy I, Lawrence is. I Who do you it. think is the best Lawrence, Sarah? Well, okay. So Joey Lawrence. I I, I always say like the Lawrence brothers are like a printer running out of ink. The more Lawrence brother you get, the less hot they get. Diminishing returns. Yeah. <laughs> so. Although I love, I think my favorite Lawrence brother is Matthew Lawrence, but I think in terms of like, who's the hottest Lawrence brother, I still think it's Joey. I would say that. I think, yeah, Matthew Lawrence has, in my opinion, a bit, especially with this like Jack kind of haircut, he has a little bit of like the Cro-Magnon, like brow ridge going on where like his brow always looks furrowed and, and looking straight down. Uh, and so Joey Lawrence also has no hair, so he doesn't need to necessarily think about that. I don't know. I, I would still say from an aesthetic perspective, though, I think I'd still go with Andy Lawrence just because I do love yeah. recess. When I was a kid, I thought Andy Lawrence was the cutest. Was now, like, that's when, now when, when do you get to do like a uh, Lawrence month or something? I think we do you... need to do. A, I think we talked about doing we a Lawrence month. You have to do jumping ship. You have to do yes. that one on the ranch. I was going to say yes. there's a ranch one. Yeah, that was... Definitely you, something that's in the loop. Do you remember the movie with Andy Lawrence where like he makes a clone of himself by accident? I think it's like a decom. No, oh. I don't because I don't I don't watch Andy Lawrence. I don't know why everyone's like all about <laughs> oh, Andy yeah. Lawrence today. The, 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 other, the, no, the other me. I'm on his page. The other right me. Now. That's the yes. one. And he makes like a clone of himself, but the clone of himself is dumb as shit and doesn't know anything. And it's so fun. I remember loving this movie. It's yeah, he plays both uh, the t the character of Will Browning and, of course, the clone, affectionately named Tui. Tui, that's right. It was <laughs> Tui. Problem is, oh, see, of course, it's a two thousands movie. They're all the good decoms are like two thousands. Besides Xenon, which we still need to do. 
I love Xenon. Me too. Xenon's great. It has it's, They have amazing music. Anyway. Yeah, well, wait, getting... but I thought, what, was Smart House 2000 or was that earlier? Mm, Smart House? I don't know. I also, Smart House is one of my favorites. I always wanted a Smart House. Uh, did, we all, did we all watch The Luck of the Irish in honor of? Of course. I mean, I've yeah. seen Luck of the Irish. I've seen Luck of the Irish, strangely. It has, what's his face in it that I love? I would like to admit. Guy that was in Psych. I don't know. Dulé Hill? No, he's not in Luck of the Irish. I was going to say, well, I knew that uh, what's-his-name has, like, the Timothy, black friend. Uh, oh, uh, I don't know how oh, to Oh, Timothy Omenson. Omenson, yep, him. Uh, anyway, um, so, right, so the killer pushes Angela and Jack off the window ledge, and then Topanga, Sean, and Corey are just like, why are you doing to uh, this to us? Sean says, this guy's the killer. And so uh, the killer walks up to Corey and Topanga, and he just since their hands together. <laughs> um, what? And, yeah, and then Sean takes his mask off, and it's Sean. <gasps> I mean, this was a pretty baller twist. Yeah, I remember repeatedly every time I watched this episode not remembering who the killer is. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jessica, this time I, I mean, remembered halfway that's through. Great. That's great. Like that's halfway a, through. Intense. That's that's a good reason for people to be like, all right, check out the reruns. If you don't remember what happened, it's a new episode every time. Like, I'm pretty sure it's Sean. So God. And the name of the episode is and then there was Sean. Exactly. So it was get... right there in the the whole time Hold staring you in the face. So we get uh the split screen between the two of them. It was a body double that had yeah. very similar hair uh, yeah, they did a good say, job also, also they didn't low hand this they didn't do like a cgi effect of having the two of them in the same frame uh, they they you can did, tell it's because a different you get, person, you get but... the one shot you get one shot uh where they're facing each other however however uh the body double is at least an inch or two taller than writer strong yeah they're a little bit the height is a little off but i thought the hair was really good the hair is good yeah, the here's all that matters because it's just a brief clips, right? So like yeah. nobody's really paying attention to their heights yeah. unless you you could pause it, which we couldn't back in that day. Yeah, yeah. back. And in, so I I thought they explained this dream more than they did, but they really yada yada the reasoning of this dream. Yeah, yeah. So Corey is in shock, and he just says, "Sean." And so then, of course, Sean was dreaming this the whole time, and so Corey's waking Sean up, and uh, Sean looks around. Uh, and he's like, Beanie's looking at you like he's gonna kill you. <laughs> Beanie's just like tapping his desk, just like staring menacingly at Sean. Uh, and Sean says, He's not the killer, I am. And so he goes over to Mr. Beanie and he says, Listen, you can let everyone else go, it's not their fault. We're in tension, it's mine. He says, Corey and Topanga aren't together anymore. And I love Beanie saying, I too read Teen Beat, Mr. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Because I don't think Teen Beat still existed in that day. So it's very much like, uh, you know, Feeney being like, oh, what do kids like nowadays? <laughs> yeah. At this point, it was all about the J14. I, I, read, I read M, like a, M Magazine, good... which was like movies, music, and something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Yeah, J14 sounds like the name of a bomb. What was J14? <laughs> J14, J14 was a teen magazine. Yeah. I'm sure Angela yeah. knows J14. I'm gonna yeah. ask Actually, Angela she about seems J14. pretty cool. Never mind. Well, I... <laughs> She's too cool for J14. Uh, she was J14... probably reading 
um what's it called like the actual cool stuff teen vogue, teen vogue no i i'm thing. pretty sure she was just reading like the cimmerillion or something like that's what her reading was as a kid no periodicals just <laughs> yeah like she was she's too smart for me never mind i mean she was just diving into <laughs> fantasy literature this is not like uh it was its own version right it's like oh what are aragorn and arwen up to yeah meanwhile i'm like what do my spaghetti straps say about how promiscuous i am <laughs> i did so j14 apparently still does exist but i I feel very gated because as soon as I look, as I access the website, there's a big bit window that pops up that says, what year were you born? <laughs> no, okay, hold on. Do you think that they're like, they're like, you have to be a certain, you have to be 14 to go on this website. Yeah, I'm going to say 2014. Yeah. Are they like, if you put 1989, they're like, Ooh, sorry. You're too old. To yeah, go I think I'm too old for this website. Here. Back off boomer. <laughs> wait hold on this goes in 1920 here let's see what happens <laughs> 1920 you're 100 over 100 years 100 old plus years old i gotta see what's up on j14 okay, so these are the these are the hot facts on the j14 oh, you can click on selena gomez one direction justin bieber the disney channel and must watch vids I'm I feel curious. Like this website, yeah, this website's like headlines have not been updated probably in at least 10 years. Right? Is Olivia like Rodriguez <laughs> on there, Sarah? Anything about her? Olivia Rodrigo. Oh, Rodrigo, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> yeah, I feel like all those were like the hot topics 10 years ago. Yeah, right? like One exactly. Direction was very... 2010s it's no longer a thing quite yeah, literally this so I don't seems, know. they have a lot of riverdale information on the j14 it's it, now j14 is just hey what's going on on riverdale j14 oh. tried j40 well i mean this is this is all first so first of all i did see some olivia rodrigo on here but secondly if you Ooh. want to know how old you are kids out there they are doing a where are they now for the series ant farm on Disney Channel, which came out like a decade ago. Oh my god, I didn't even know what that was. How old am I? <laughs> it's terrible. Um, okay, so Sean says that he thinks he knows why he interrupted the class and killed everyone. He says, you guys have been together since before I even knew you. Incorrect, again. This is just, it just drives me nuts that they always do this, whatever. What, the um, whole, like, a sandbox meeting thing? Yes, this is a lie. This is a lie. We met yeah. Corey before he was, like, with Topanga. Um, he says, if there, if you're not, then I guess I feel like there's nothing I can depend on. And it makes me really angry that there's nothing I can do to fix it. And Corey says, you're not responsible for this. This isn't your fault. Feeney says, something bad happened, Mr. Hunter. But for the very first time, you're not responsible. That's a shitty thing to say. <laughs> Feeney is, is, like had it up to here like he is over yeah. this shit i mean i think that's one reason why he lets them all go is because he's like i'm done i don't care about this anymore but yeah very savage comment ben savage comment to just be like hey you screw up 99 percent of things out there in the universe but this is the one thing that you weren't responsible for yeah absolutely ridiculous uh and sean says how come i feel so bad he says you're a troubled young man i recognize that from the movie a troubled young man <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says you can all go you've suffered enough uh so everybody leaves and he as he turns off the lights and shuts the door a shrouded figure gets out from behind that giant tv it's scary uh, yeah okay that, that was the worst part i don't think that was scary at all well, he just know. like creeps out and leaves i 
it's more confusing to me than scary of just like okay wait and it's it, that's also the classic thing too right of like oh my god it wasn't a dream the whole time i mean this well, whole episode should be considered non-canonical i was gonna say we've had episodes of boy meets world that have had time travel so just that's true i was wondering if uh if shawnee had happened yet well yeah not only that Shawnee's but the episode happened. where minkus discovers time travel in like oh, in the, the end very, tag yeah, of in episode. the very first season minkus is so smart I forgot. <laughs> and then he just like disappears and he comes back and we're like okay that happened he's like a, a fun little teen comedy and one of them knows <laughs> <laughs> he does and then he leaves and then he comes back in the and actually in this finale we'll get to see him uh this excuse me this uh season finale um Ugh. so then we get the end scene where everyone is in feeney's class and they all are like brilliant at class they all call sir mr feeney sir uh, uh i love it and i love it yeah. I, I didn't even notice it until Corey does the line of like, come on, everyone, let's give it up for Sir Mr. Feeny, Sir. And then I, I realized they were all <laughs> saying it that way the entire time. Yeah. And so, of course, Feeny was dreaming and everybody is like throwing paper around. Uh, and Feeny yells, Nebraska, Mr. Hunter, Nebraska. It's the 75th state major exports tortillas. And Topanga just goes, Rah! <laughs> So yeah, this 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 episode is is crazy, but it, it it's extremely infamous, and it's not it's is it as crazy as uh, Who's Afraid of Corey Wolf, Jess? Ugh, it's it's obviously better than Who's Afraid it's of Corey better. Wolf. I think it's equally as crazy, but they I seem think they're to, about on the same level. But they of seem to wild, tap yeah. into a good mixture of enjoyable, stupid fun, and craziness. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that episode, Mike, but it's the one where Corey thinks he's turning. It's like very, it's like season one. Oh, Corey yeah, thinks he's turning into now. a werewolf. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he's like, oh, the sign of the pentagram. Um, it's a analogy for puberty. Yeah, okay, I was thinking for a second. I was like, wait, does Corey and Corey and Topanga end up visiting like this embittered couple, and there's like a big brawl in the middle of it? But no, it's more so referring to the werewolf thing. It's when they kiss. Yeah, they have a kiss in that episode, and then Corey goes, "Oh." Oh, that one, that part I did like. Oh, you did, oh, you did love that. Oh, uh, so yeah, though, this episode's definitely better. This episode, I think, like, I mean, we got so much feedback online saying this is oh. my absolute favorite episode of Boy Meets World of all time. I think it, this is a fun one. Like, if you were going to make a list of episodes of shows to watch for the holidays, I feel like this has to be on your list for Halloween. It just, yeah. it's, it's classic for any person who's a fan of 90s shows that this episode is just just a classic one. Yeah, well, so let, let me ask that question then. Is this is this a good episode of Boy Meets World, though? Or does it work better as just a good episode of television? Well, Josh says, in isolation, this is as good as it gets for television. In the scope of overall Boy Meets World landscape, it's solid, but they're much better. I think it still works as an episode of Boy Meets World. I guess the only thing going against it is, like you said, watching this episode on its own without watching anything right before it. You're like, wait, why are Corey and Topanga fighting again? I guess if you are watching it on its own, that's the one thing I would quibble with. Right. But I still think it. It's still you still get the classic Feenyisms, the classic Ericisms in the episode. So while it doesn't include the full cast of characters, 
I still think it's a solid Boy Meets World episode. It's it's a great episode of television, but I probably would agree with Josh. It's not the best episode that there is of Boy Meets World. There are still a lot of yeah. other episodes of Boy Meets World. I would agree with that. I think if I were tasked with like show someone an episode of Boy Meets World, I probably wouldn't show them this unless I thought they'd just be one and done with it. Because yeah. if I showed them this, I think they would assume that Boy Meets World is a lot like community where it's like, oh, they're just going to do different homages and yeah. pastiches every episode. And that really isn't. It's Boy pretty Meets rare. Yeah. yeah. So like, I think it's not necessarily representative of the show, but I still think it does a great job of what community does really well. Right. Which is like taking familiar dynamics and maybe broad brushing the characters a bit and putting them in just like this big situation. I mean, it's so over the top. You could tell everyone is loving it and I love it as well. I think this is the most fun episode of yeah. Boy Meets World. And I think that's yeah. a large reason why it is so beloved. Yeah, this ranks in most of the time for, in the, you know, those articles are like, this is all the best Top episodes. Top 10 Boy Meets World. Ranked. Yeah. Right. This comes up as either the best episode of all time or the second slash third best tying with the series finale. Of, mm. I think it's called The Brave New Worlds parts one and two. So yep. people love this episode and I it's it's one that Jess and I we've been talking about since the very beginning of our podcast. One day we're going to talk about and um and then there was Sean. We're going to talk about the scary episode of Boy Meets World and we have finally arrived and I think that it holds up as a great episode and I think it's with our personal rankings I think it's going to stay pretty high. Yeah, I could definitely see myself revisiting this one. Like I said, I'm a big fan of For the Holidays throwing on my favorite mm -hmm. holiday-themed mm -hmm. episodes of television. For example, around Christmas time, usually uh, Will and I will throw on the Office Christmas episodes. Those are some of our favorites. Um, and I could easily see this being as like a Halloween tradition to throw this episode yeah. on because it's it's not scary in a way that's actually going to scare me. It's scary mm -hmm. when I was a kid. And so now it's much more enjoyable as an adult. Yeah. However, the good news what, is you don't remember how it ends. So like, I'll always forget how it ends. Always forget. Although yeah. it wasn't the Halloween episode of the season. It aired no, it wasn't. Oh, really? Yeah, it aired in February, the end of fe February. Um, and then... <sighs> Yeah, I had one more other thing that I was going to say, but um, I forget. So never mind. Was not important. <laughs> um, any other notable episodes for you, Mike, that you that off the top of your head are like top tier? Obviously, this one is is one of them. But anything else? Uh, off I mean, the top like of your head you can think of? a lot of concluding episodes, like the graduation episode is a good one mm -hmm. as a, and the series finale. One that I always come back to and I actually had to look it up where this was very serious but uh seven the hard way which is part two of like the season seven storyline right where the group breaks up that's where they have the prank war and then like they stop being friends and it has the flash forward specifically it's peak eric matthews with the plays with squirrels of oh yes. of course that's the thing that i think really pushes it to the new limit uh and i think you know i was able to attend uh i think it was maybe a 25th anniversary panel at New York Comic Con a few years ago for Boy Meets World with like Will Dell and Ben Savage and Daniel Fischel and like obviously the things that were referenced specifically when it came to Will Dell was the Feeny call and plays with squirrels and yeah. so I think it's like one of those things that almost transcends the episode it was again a little bit more serious but I also did love the message of a uh, lose one friend lose all friends lose yourself as well so that one is not again as much fun as another with Sean but I thought like 
that was a pretty well done episode for an arc that I remember was like fairly serious at the time. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, I think, I think that's a good point though, because Eric is, well, actually, you know what, this is what I want to say. This is a great placement and it's very smart that they put this here because this is mid drama of Corey and Topanga. And Jess, Mm. don't you feel like we would get fatigued if we had two more episodes right after the last three episodes of high Corey and Topanga drama. You're right. We would get, we would get tired of levity it. Because exactly. we've had yeah, the last few episodes were on the more not like serious, serious side, but they're dealing with relationship drama. Right. And so of course Boy Meets World always has some, you know, some humor in it, but they're more serious episodes. And this is a really a break from that. Because even though they point to the Corey and Topanga of it all. We're, mm-hmm. we're spending much more of the episode having fun, which you're right. I mean, I think as it's much as nice we, we've loved the last air. few episodes. Yeah. As much as we've loved the drama and like, we're here for Linda Cardellini, girl, come in and get your man. Um, still, you know, it's nice to have a little bit of a break. I think it was very smart to put this episode sandwiched in between the high drama of the breakup and then eventually more dating. Uh, we get to see everybody dating and then of course you end up uh because we only have like eight more episodes or so left of the season so i think that this is actually it might seem random at first thought to put it to air it in the end of february but it really was a breath of fresh air and it was in my Mm -hmm. opinion very smart to take a breather from all the drama and i would imagine it's probably cathartic for everyone else as well right like if you're working uh if you're working like super hard to just be able to like all right pull yourself like pull yourself out of this like let's you know let's have some fun here let's run around and be exactly and And they said the kids said they had a blast recording this episode and it was fun and everybody was laughing and they kept breaking so at the end of the day this is a show for a younger audience we all watched this when we were teens or preteens or whatever so they they don't want to drag you down so hard. Yeah. Yeah, this is it's such a fun episode of Boy Meets World. I mean, this this whole yeah. season, I think Sarah, you and I've been saying it, it was like a running gag with us that every season we're like, "Oh, next season is the one we really like, right? Next season is the one with more Topanga. Next season is the one with like all the drama." But season 5 truly, I mean, so far and we still have a decent bit to go. It is stacked with great episodes and this obviously is no exception it's just such a fun episode yeah i I don't know if i can you can answer this question now because you're still like you said eight episodes from the end but maybe something you could float out at the end of the graduation episode is if that was the series finale of boy meets world would you have been fine hmm i don't i i think that perhaps now I could have been okay, but as a teenager, I needed to see Corey and Topanga, how they played out. Were they going to actually get married? What their future would look like? I would have wanted them to um, go to college, but there is, there's definitely a tonal shift when they go to college. It becomes, yeah. Eric becomes the dumb dumb. And I'm surprised it took Jack- so long for Eric to become the dumb dumb because yeah. I think it's more like a recency bias thing where that's Mm -hmm. how I remember him and yes he of course is kind of stupid but he's way more of like ladies man Eric in these seasons than he is dumb Eric 
Um, but I agree with you, Sarah. I think like once we get to the end, once we do get to season six and seven, I think we're going to be like, okay, they should have ended it here. Like we'll probably be able to point to a spot and say, this would probably have been better to end the show here. Yeah. Who needs Rachel? Screw off, Rachel. <laughs> I liked Rachel, but I, who knows? Maybe I'll hate her now. It's hard to say. Uh, maybe she won't uh, age very well for me. Um, but, but yeah, this was so much fun, Mike. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting Boy Meets World with us. I mean, listen, if any episode and any excuse to talk with the two of you, it is this. So thank you for having me on. I was thrilled to have an excuse to be able to check this out outside of the normal holidays, though I guess this we're talking at a similar point in time that the episode aired. <laughs> so yeah, this is, this is great. And, uh, you know, best of luck moving forward from here. I did look at the next episode you're watching. It is certainly a tonal shift compared to what we just talked about. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mike, what do you have going on? Throw out some plugs. Obviously, you and I are finishing up something together. Yeah, so we just uh, are finishing up our coverage of Upload. You and I went hot and heavy with the coverage of Upload since all seven episodes of season two dropped simultaneously on Amazon Prime. We went day by day. We went with seven daily podcasts covering season two of Upload. We're doing a wrap-up podcast with a special guest. Uh, recording that tonight, probably coming out at some point this week. Outside of that, y'all got me at my, uh, actually in my free season because outside of, so I have Down the Hatch, right? That's the episodic uh, Lost podcast with Josh Regler, where we're sort of like in phase two, where we are uh, counting down the episodes because we have sort of like the ratings that we gave the episodes as well as the ratings the audience gave. And we sort of like came up with a consensus list of Lost episodes. So Josh and I play a game every week where we try to guess uh, what the next episode coming up is, which has been very fun. Jess has been a big help with that. And then over on the Survivor side of things, of course, doing the B&B every week with Liana Boris, had a very fun edition with Jordan Kalish, uh, where we threw some secret phrases in, tried to trick the other person. Of course, doing Exit Press for that as well as at Parade.com. But you caught me in my relatively free period of time. Uh, nothing doing for, I would say, probably around a month at this point it's gonna be nice but yeah ironically enough survivor season usually ends up being for whatever reason like my slower period mm. of content creation uh which i am grateful for because it allows me to like not have to you know uh divide my gaze between yeah so get many a break different... yeah so I'm, I'm i'm happy for it but uh yeah people want to check out and hear my voice it is certainly available in many venues in many different areas uh both on psr rob has a podcast and beyond including this very thing amazing uh next week sarah we're we're coming back we got two we got a two for two episodes episodes 18 and 19 if you can't be with the one you love they love these long episode titles on the show uh and eric hollywood and we are not alone sarah oh. who will we be joined by next week yeah we will be welcoming on matt and brendan from the lonely boys podcast oh. to talk about the next episode and that they have a a gossip girl podcast and yeah. i was a huge gossip girl fan back in the day and jessica just started gossip girl mm -hmm, xoxo gossip girl oh so that's good. exciting yeah i have i have apparently have a date with them at some point i have not seen any gossip girls so we're gonna what? try the experiment let me tell you point. it's a trip i'm on season two it is the perfect amount of trash tv for me to be consuming it's the perfect i call it a bedtime show where you need something like a little bit light a little bit like fluffy, a little stupid just before you go to bed. Perfect for that. Mm -hmm. On a scale of one to 15 retainers, how trashy is it? 
Oh, like seven or no, probably about 12 retainers. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say like, that's fairly a hefty amount of retainers. Yeah. Um, so exciting for that. Uh, so excited for that next week. And, uh, Sarah, what else are we, what else do we have coming out? We just saw each other recently. We did. We had a slumber party. It was Aww. a lot of fun. Uh, we recorded together. So we had, it was a whole endeavor, but we had, we picked a name out of a hat of one of our listeners and they got to choose what movie we watched together in person. And then we podcasted about, so we watched the Truman show and Jessica's never seen it before. And we were, we talked about that. So that should be coming out by the time you are listening to this. It's already out. So go check it out. Uh, The Truman show, um, as well as we are recording two of a kind with Lindsay Wilson for Mary Kate and Ashley March. So that will be coming out next week. Of course, we have our weekly Boy Meets World and Dawson's Creek coverage. And you can find us at Shit90sPod on Twitter and Instagram, www.shit90spod.com. And you can find me at Sarah Ferguson. Amazing. You can always find me at the Just Sterling. Go ahead, Meg. I mean, can I just put in a, like a last minute substitution here? I know we're nearing the end of the month. Is it not Marchy Kate and Ashley? month marchy kate marchy kate this is like the time that sarah tried to get rom-com huh. feb to become okay. a thing rom-com feb did not <laughs> did not get picked i like it up. three letters each yeah I, that's why you. she was she was all about the rom-com feb but it never happened uh marchy kate and ashley <laughs> i think mary kate and ashley march is better We'll 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 put it out. We'll put it out to the ether and see we what they say. Poll, a Twitter poll. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what the shit ninety squad says. Okay. I mean, it's fine. Mar- Marchy. I just feel like Marchy. I would hate to be Mary Kate and be like, ugh, I have to be called Marchy. Okay. Well, nonetheless, <laughs> All right, well, she she can lodge a complaint if she really has the. <laughs> I of a know. Yeah, she right? wants to reach out. MK is definitely not trolling no the internet to see if no. what shit ninety shows taught me is not even about. a little bit. No. Um. But yeah, you can find me at the Just Sterling on Twitter. Like Mike was saying, we're finishing up our upload coverage. Sarah and I are finishing up our Gilded Age coverage over at Post Show Recaps. We have the finale and then one feedback episode to go until we're done talking about that show. Um, and then I have a whole other mess of crap coming up. So just go, just go follow me online. There's so uh, much content. She'd be busy. She'd be busy as per the huge. Um, so thank you all for listening. Thank you again, Mike, for coming on to join us. This was tons of fun. Uh, we will talk to you all next week with two episodes, season five, episodes 18 and 19 of Boy Meets World. Until then, have a good one, everyone. Just Bye. Shit 90 shows taught me.